too well. You don't have to go too well. You win with it. Now we join our neighbors in the Gulf. An extraordinary. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we're going to be talking about MTV and some of our favorite music videos from the 80s. How fun. Yeah, MTV was the bomb, yo. What channel was MTV on your box? Oh, Christmas in July. Am I supposed to remember this? Uh, I don't know why, but 50 is popping out in my head for some reason. 50? Really? Yeah. Oh, mine was 29. I thought that yeah, was like on the end of the the box no well it depends maybe you weren't getting all the cable channels Ooh, okay i'm talking about when the cable box was attached to a cable like a real cable to the tv still yeah oh all right maybe so yeah i don't know why 50 is, is jumping out at me for some hmm. reason or maybe it was 29 29 sounds familiar too yeah yeah i don't remember and i know i think 28 was vh1 it was just the next one over which was weird. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, maybe you're right. Where did I get 50 from? Oh, that's when you're trying to find the scrambled poor channels. No, those are in the 90s, I think. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I don't remember. At least you admit it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's taboo nowadays to talk about porn. <laughs> NTV, music videos. It, re- it revolutionized <laughs> music, right? I mean, like, you were, it, it, it was part of the song. Like, it almost made... Maybe even made it better to some degree, wouldn't you say? Well, I think a, a really good music video helped a decent song be really good. Yeah, way. yeah, right, Let's exactly. Yeah, And, um, you know, music videos quickly became a spectacle. You know, MTV debuted in 1981, I think. Sounds and, right. Uh, yeah. And um, it merged the, you know, there was a time where you could be so, so looking and have a great voice and still be successful. Right. But MTV made it all about the looks, man. Well. And that's why we had rise, the rise of icons such as Michael Jackson and Madonna and Bon Jovi. Those oh, here's guys. a good one. What, what groups do you think would not be around today without MTV? Um, well, I think MTV helped all the hair bands. Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, Cinderella. So you don't think if they didn't have MTV, they wouldn't be as big? I don't think some of them would have been. Because if you think about, especially those hair bands, a lot of them were kind of one or two hit wonders. You know, um, Bon Jovi, I think, would have made it. I think Motley Crue would have made it um, based on music alone. Um, but some of those other ones, just on video, weren't going to be. I think the, a lot of the, maybe out, you know, being that we're from America, right? I think a lot of the foreign bands like from England those the British stuff I don't think I would have known about numerous 
groups without MTV because they wouldn't get regular playing time on on radio. Well, I will say this. I will say I don't know that they – I think they would have made it, but I don't think Michael Jackson would have been the – the force, like I don't even know what you can call him, like the force of nature that he became, if he didn't have his videos. Like uh, I think they, right. I think people would have loved his music, but I don't know if he would have gotten the same kind of craziness with his fans and just the the world renown that he had based solely on his music. If sure. his videos weren't awesome, and then, you know, because that's what's his showcase for dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. Um, same thing with Madonna because Madonna became more. I think I think by becoming by moving out of becoming music icons become pop culture icons you needed mtv for that fashion also yeah and th- yeah that's what i mean right because they became not just about music but they came about fashion and and other things so and i think mtv definitely helped with that yeah the 80s was an interesting time period because you would still have you know to listen to music it would all be off your radio your car radio um, right. i remember in my house a radio was it was like always on uh, you know, my dad would put something on Sunday morning. He'd play his, you know, his kind of music and stuff. And to have that music and that visual aspect of it coming off of MTV, uh, it was just another reason to get glued to the boob tube with Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Uh, a lot of a lot of us were just in front of a television versus going outside playing. It's a really interesting thing. Now it's maybe it's worse. I think uh, with laptops and computers, people are like getting everything they possibly can need. Uh, on their laptops or their uh, smart devices. Well, I think a smart thing that MTV did was, I remember with the um, top 10 countdown every day they'd have, or most requested, total request, I think they oh, called yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you would come home from school. I, came, I think you came on like 3 o'clock or 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Like, I just remember coming straight home from school and putting on MTV. And you knew there was an hour where you would hear your favorite songs. Sure. You know, yeah. because, and, because the list would change. But basically, you know, for and I'm, you know, now that I think about it, it's probably it was supposed to be voted on every day by by people, but I'm sure someone just put the list together because <laughs> yeah. you would have like the same you would have like the same ten videos um, for weeks on end in the top ten. They would just you know maybe maybe eight nine ten would switch in and out with other popular songs. Yeah. But the bottom half was always usually the same. They would move around, but you know, but you knew when, like for example, when Girls 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 by Motley Crue is huge. I knew between whatever, let's say three and four, I can go home and I'd be able to watch the video. Yeah. So, um, you know, those top 10 countdowns was awesome because I would just go home, you flip on the TV and you could do the homework and watch the videos and listen to the music at the same time. So, it, it, it was, and that you couldn't do it with the radio. I mean, the radio had, like, you know, Casey Kasem every weekend, 40 songs. But on a daily basis, if you wanted to hear a particular song, you didn't own it. You'd have to just listen to the radio until it came on. Did you have a favorite VJ? I was like Martha Quinn and um, uh, Nina Blackwood. Uh, no, I didn't like her voice. Alan Hunter. Alan Hunter, I like Nina yeah. Blackwood had had that smoker's voice. <laughs> she was cute. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying um, I didn't Did like. Did she the, have a smoker's voice? Yeah, she's very Nina Blackwood. You know, because they're all on. Oh, Nina Blackwood. I thought you meant Martha Quinn. No, they're all on, not all of them, but some of them are on Sirius XM's 80s channel. Yeah. And Nina Blackwood's really got that that raspy smoker's voice. Nice. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of, so Mark Goodman? Is he the one with the curly hair? Yes. Yeah, I was a big fan of Mark Goodman. Uh, I don't remember, J.J. Jackson was sitting on a night or something, so I rarely remember ever seeing him. Um, 
But yeah, Alan Hunter and Martha Quinn, I guess, were my favorites. Yeah, those are my, my two favorite ones, too, for some reason. Oh, the originals. So the originals yeah. were Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, J.J. Jackson, and Martha Quinn. And that, that's why it was so funny with Martha Quinn uh, when she appeared in the Going Back to Cali video. I was like, what? What's she doing in the video? That's like, that, that was like meta to me now, you know? <laughs> now, now that happens all the time. But you didn't see. You know, it's like when a, if a newscaster ever made news, you're like, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. know? But now it happens all the time. So, um, yeah, seeing Martha Quinn in a music video was just weird. Martha Quinn. That's so awesome. Uh, I like the second. What did you what did you think of the kind of second generation hosts? Who are they? Um, you're looking at Julie downtown Julie Brown. Oh, I think I was out of MTV by that time. Oh, were you? Yeah, Cause it was like, kind of like it was annoying. Like, they came into play in the late 80s, like right before we went to college or while we were in college. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I was I think I was out of MTV at that point. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah, it was that's when they're, that, they're doing, you know, they're doing spring break and they're doing and they started having like these music shows. That's really when they hit their stride. Yeah, that's when I definitely was out of MTV. Oh, OK. Yeah. It's called college, dude. <laughs> well, that's a college show. Well, we didn't have cable at my college. That was. Oh, maybe that's what it was. it was. Yeah, maybe I didn't have cable television. Dude, I miss. We miss so much. Well, I miss so much stuff in those four years, like what happened in the world and all in pop culture. Sure. Because there was no. You had your three channels up at up at school. We didn't have cable, so you just had your three channels, and um, that's it. And you, you know, you hung out a lot. That's yeah. That's probably what yeah. happened to me too. Yeah, because I really don't recall. I mean, I, I was familiar with her, but. I wasn't as fascinated with MTV as, let's say, you know, the early 80s. Right. When it came out. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, when it first came out, it was like a weird new thing because you can watch it. It was watching music all day. Yeah. You know, just so you're watching music. It doesn't make sense. You're not, <laughs> supposed, to, you're not supposed to watch music. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was great. It was we were definitely the MTV generation. Right. OK. Tell me, what is your. What what was your decision in make on on picking your music videos? All right, so we we decided to pick some music videos, and at first I was going to go with my favorite music videos, but then I found out, and then I realized I was just picking my favorite songs. So I had a list full of like Springsteen, REM, The Cure, and Bon Jovi. So I was like, well, that's not really like the videos aren't really that meaningful or anything like that. But I just really like the songs, so I really started to think about well kind of did like a clear your mind and then whatever videos come to your head in regards to videos you remember, I remember. So I picked five that I remembered and, you know, I'm going to talk about why they kind of stick out or what I remember them about. So it's not that they're award-winning visuals or anything like that, but it's their videos that I really remember for what the reasons I'm going to discuss. Right, and of course, they're, they're all songs I like too, but yeah. That, that's really what I picked before. I kind of did the same thing. I, I thought about, okay, what was our first music video that came to my head? And then, boom, I got one. And then, slowly but surely, I started remembering others. And basically, I just put in like 80 Spotify. And I, I'd run through some music and be like, no, I don't remember that video. And then the ones I did remember, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that was a good one, too. So I kind of went that route. More of good song, but the video really, for some reason, struck a chord with me. Right. And you'll, you'll see with, with MTV and, and music videos in general, the progression and the impact MTV had was because the first couple of years of music videos were just, you know, like a singer in a, in a, in a what do they call them, a stage, uh, 
like on the soundstage or something, just being filmed singing it. And then, and then, you know, they graduated to having like stories, like, like literally telling the story of the song, sure. you know, like the, the musician would be acting it out with other actors. And then, then they became high concept, you know, and, and some of them became, of course, Michael Jackson famous for the long form video, like, you know, 30 minutes videos. And they became things like, remember when world, when videos would premiere? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like a huge deal. So, um, yeah, they, they kind of just went to being a visual of watching the singer sing a song to having their own life, their own stories behind it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. Go first. Okay. Uh, uh, let me see which one I'll go with first. All right. I'm gonna, let me talk about – now this one is uh, – this is a song I really liked. We talked about it on One Hit Wonder or One Hit Wonders episode. Uh, but the, and I think we talked about the video a little bit, but I wanted to really kind of talk about it a little bit, um, a little deeper on the right now. So this one was visually very, very uh, stunning. You know, when we talked about, um, would some of these songs have hit if it wasn't for the videos, I think this is a song that would have been like a nice, cute pop song, but I think the video really, really helped, helped it be, become as popular and almost iconic in regards to being an 80s song. When you when you ask people about '80s music or '80s videos, this will come up in the conversation, and it's "Aha, Take on Me." And what's visually stunning about it is, you know, the video is about a, a girl is she's in a diner and she's kind of doodling on on paper, and pretty much her animation comes to life, and it's the singer, and it goes into this whole weird story about you know a race, and and then when the race car guys trying you know trying to get the lead singer and hits him on the head with the monkey wrench or whatever just crazy stuff but it goes between animation and real life and the back and forth transitioning is really where the the special effects and and the magic happens with this song yeah we talked about this in our uh, one hit wonders there's something about this video that like it was made for mtv and and it's a video and even a you know fantastic song that everyone just Everyone I know knows this video. Like you may mm-hmm. forget who Aha is, or maybe even even what the song is. But if you were to describe that this particular video, I'd be hard pressed for pers- like like no one really knowing what it was. It was such a good video. The thing is, you can watch it now, almost probably more than thirty years later, and it holds up. You know, and it's, and it's, most of it is just basic animation, but it holds up in the sense of it's timeless you know the song the song's poppy and fresh and the video like i was saying is timeless it's it plays as well today as it did 30 years ago i think you know you'll look at it and go oh my god that's such an 80s thing i mean yeah the fashion and the hair is but other than that you know it could have been made yesterday you know oh sure and i think because of um Possibly too, with all these superhero movies that we're seeing, the comic book format is it's still accepted. Maybe more so today than it was before. You know, you don't really talk about that you read comic books in front of a lot of people, but like maybe deep down you're like, oh, now this is pretty neat. That, especially that scene where he's in frame and he's trying to break out of the comic book, right? And he's coming to life. And maybe as a kid, it's like, oh, that's such a wonderful concept that if your favorite comic book hero can actually come to life and you can meet mm-hmm. them. Well, it's funny because in the video, he's got the one frame where almost like a, a window, you look through it and it's real life on the other side. Yeah. And he, he transitions from peeking around the corner and it's so seamless between when he's on the real side and he's peeking around the corner and he's half animated and half real. Um, it's just really, really seamless. You know, if 
we you know we talked about uh, CGI in the recent Captain Marvel movie and how there are scenes where it looks like straight out of a video game, um, but this looks. If this was real, this looks as real as it could get. If that animation part was real, and they just did a great job with it, I think. You know who played with it that idea recently in um, the Deadpool two movie, where Deadpool was talking to his his dece- spoiler alert girlfriend Vanessa, where she's kind of right. in the past and he's in the future, and he kind of passes through that. Doesn't he do that in the movie? Okay, like the barrier, he couldn't get through the barrier. Right, 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 right. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> A little bit. A little. I can see the parallels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did never really understand the story in regards to why the race car driver was trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's just going all of a sudden he's going after him with a wrench. Like what the heck's going on here? See that that would be a cool comic book. What actually led up to these guys chasing him? Yeah. That'd be an interesting story. Someone knows it. This uh, of- well, you should write it. Take the Marvel trial book and do it. <laughs> okay, I'll use Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any more action figures. No, that's that's that'd be interesting to see. I, I'd like to know what that story is, or maybe you know, I wonder if the ones that wrote that 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 video actually had something. Had a story behind it, yeah. Maybe. maybe, maybe. I mean, you're you're like like that video. You're. I think another thing that makes it so interesting is that you're you're starting off in the middle of something huge already, right. And so you're you're getting at like the best part of the, of that particular comic book scene. It's a great song, dude. It's just so poppy. It's so it, sing alongish. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Right. Okay, so this is the song, or I should say, music video that I, it was the first one that popped into my head, and uh, it's a great song by an underrated singer. I well, maybe not underrated, but uh, time after time, Cindy Lauper. This song is so good, and the video just speaks volumes. Because I remember, it like Jonathan was saying earlier, they they took this song and they really acted out what the lyrics kind of meant to her. And and I, I say maybe underrated in the sense that if you grew up with Cindy Lauper when she first came out, how she spoke is very different than how she sung. Uh, you know how she acted in I guess like on talk shows, kind of like that. I don't want to say airy, airhead kind of persona. Obviously, it wasn't her. But when you saw her in a video, it was it was very different. And she had a different look. And, and I think her look really excelled on something like MTV. You know, she had the weird or really loud hair. Her hairstyle was extremely different. Between her and Madonna, I think they were probably like the biggest trendsetters of something very different. And I even remember in, in school, you know, uh, people, a lot of the people had that kind of fashion or tried to mimic her and stuff right. but anyway the the video is time after time and it, and it really goes to the story of a relationship of she and her boyfriend and it looks like she's just kind of like slowly moving out and it, it's done in such a in such a, a grounded way it, there's no special effects or anything it's just a nice simple story but the song how they filmed it it really hits a chord it's a very emotional kind of video and you know doing some background on it it's 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 i guess a lot of these songs that really hit home are the ones that that she really felt you know she herself was going through a bad relationship and and even um the writer of the song too they were both going through this really you know relationship terminal kind of thing and it really talks about her life on on the difficulties of being a musician of having a relationship at the same time and her trying to go on with herself 
uh, and maybe leaving some personal people behind in her life at the same time. And, and in the video, you have Captain Lou Albano, and and the person that she visits, uh, the mom is really her mom in the right. video. And uh, it's just so, done so well. And even how at the very end when she's driving away, um, I'm sorry, she's on the train and she's riding away in the train, and they actually said that's really her crying. So you can really see the emotion in this video and you know going hand in hand with the song and even when i hear the song today if i hear it on the radio i see the video in my head too it's 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 so hard for me to separate that song from that video because it just it just runs so well yeah and it's funny because i was re-watching this video before the show and there's a scene where you know she starts off the video she got blonde hair and there's a scene where she comes to the, to the diner to see her, you know, to meet up with her boyfriend. And she takes off her hat and she's got her shocking red hair and he flips out. And I, we were laughing about that because I'm like, could you imagine like that's a big deal to him? And as I thought about it, what you said was right about what her and Madonna's impact was. The fact that nowadays that's not a big deal, her shocking red hair, the way she dresses a big deal is because she was willing to do that back in the 80s because her first album was called She's So Unusual. And, you know, look at it now. It's like, this is what? So she dresses a little not normal and her hair is bright red. That's not, what's the big deal about that? But back then, that was like she was considered like weird. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, she made that I, when you talked about her sounding almost airheady, like an airhead. I, it's not that it's that she was she was honest she was herself on mtv and on, on interviews you know she probably had people telling her publicists also well say this talk like this act like this but she's like no i'm just gonna be me no 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 that and was a stick she, dude that was a stick what do you mean this is a stick no 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 being that she because she kind of talked like really whiny and re- really loud that was a stick because you can see her later in life she does not talk like that at all I mean that's oh, okay. not. I mean that was a made-up voice. I mean it was it was really pitchy. Like I'm Cindy Lauper. It was, was kind of like that. It was really over the top, but it, it matched that. Again, to be so different, uh, visually, fashion-wise, voice-wise, hey, she stood out. She was very, very different than than other leading ladies during that time, and it, it, it's even her her look became iconic because of right and but you can't deny that her talent her the talent her voice the talent her musical skills and i think that's what carried her through this and she stood out because of that you know unusualness you know people very different than madonna but almost equal and i don't know that she ever i even said to see before the show i'm like I, I i wonder you can't call her underrated because she did very well no no, no I, I, didn't, I didn't mean i didn't mean it that way i meant to no, say no, I'm that saying, she didn't if no, you're going to compare it to madonna she doesn't get the same kind of love as Madonna did. Right, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I feel like she... I'm, I'm saying no one can say she's underrated because she, she did very well back then. But I, you're right. I don't know. I think she probably should have been much more appreciated and respected for the work that she put out there. Yeah. Because she's hugely talented, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the song itself, it's a, it's a, it's a nice slow sad song Uh, it holds up today it's very iconic today i think um you know people uh remake it all the time i have a a great cover of it on my ipod by a a band called quarter drive that's really good but um yeah cindy lopper like her whole thing was how different and unusual she was but because she did that and was for that time period different and unusual she made it okay for people to be much more 
themselves, quote unquote. Now, I mean, you know, we walk down the street, uh, someone with blue hair, you don't look twice. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so she's got blue hair. Um, just things like that. And it's, it's really, a, it's one of her best songs, I think. And, and the video was really, really sweet too. Yeah. Speaking of Madonna, now she has a lot of videos you could have chosen from, uh, you know, like a virgin, um, material girl, um, cherish. But I decided to go with uh, Papa Don't Preach because mostly because this video and song kind of caused a news maybe uh, controversy or controversy that became news. Uh, first of all, the subject of the song about a, a girl becoming pregnant outside of you know, just getting pregnant by her boyfriend was huge news that it was a musical song. I don't know if you remember this, but it was like, should it be played on the radio? Should it be played? You know, should the video be played? And the video is kind of a little translation of the song. It's it's about a girl getting pregnant and having to tell her father, um, you know, the father reacting angrily and, and the things that happened. Um, it had Danny Aiello in it, who was kind of a big star. He was a star, at least. Uh, back then in the video, and, and this is at a time when you know famous people weren't really in music videos that much. Um, outside the you know outside of music, if you were famous outside of music, so that was like a big deal. And one thing I really really remember was uh, it was the Today Show, and they had the boy, uh, the guy that plays her boyfriend in the video on the show. And like the first question was, so what was it like kissing Madonna? Before the video? Okay, <laughs> like like no, but I remember that. I mean, like a big news, like Madonna at the time was so. Um, ethereal, so you know, like untouchable. Like, how do you get close to her? How do you? What What is it like just to be here? Like, she was her fame. This was at during the True Blue album, and her fame was just skyrocketing. And that was, I mean, it's a silly question now, but it was almost like a valid question because it's like, it's really the question is, what's it like to be that close to Madonna? You know, that's what it was like because it was so hard for people just to to be around her and things like that. And um, yeah, I just remember the video. I remember the song. Uh, this is this is probably my favorite uh, Madonna album, True Blue. Uh, I actually stopped uh, listening to Madonna after maybe either True Blue or the one that came after this. And um, yeah, she never won me back after that her music. But yeah, I was I was a Madonna fan for about two albums. <laughs> okay. Two albums, yeah. And uh, yeah, Papa Don't Preach. And it's just a it's just a like beat for beat telling of uh, of the song. You know, there are scenes of of. Danny A.L. plays her dad, and there's scenes of, of a little girl interacting with Danny A.L., like, you know, it's her growing up, I guess. And then, you know, she's eventually got to tell him and all this weird stuff. What I like about the video is in the very, very beginning, they do a good job of showing, like, I guess Madonna as a kid, you know, and with, with, with her dad. So you can really see, like, the relationship with her father of being just a little kid. Right. And then as she's getting older, and like you said, you know, she's got the baby and stuff. It's it it does display, I guess, the turmoil between the two, having your own, you know, your daughter, you know, having the baby. Yeah, but do you, do you remember the the controversy of it because she's pregnant and she wasn't married and things like oh, yeah, that? In yeah. the video, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so. Uh, it, it's funny how we look back at this and like, oh, okay. That's weird, but okay. <laughs> well, I, at, for the time, it, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was definitely a big deal. Definitely yeah. a big deal. Yeah, morals and have changed definitely. Right. And I remember another thing about this video was she. I think it was the debut of her short haircut. Like she had really short hair. Mm-hmm. 
And people are like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is this is the thing people have to understand. Like, they won't say, oh, like, Lady Gaga's Madonna. Like, Lady Gaga was hugely popular a few years ago. But Madonna was literally, she gets a haircut and it was making news. You know, it was <laughs> insane. It was insane. Oh, sure. When she did that uh, Isla Bonita and she she went back to her normal hair color. I remember that was a big deal because, you know, she went from blonde to brunette. Or even living on a prayer with all the uh, the, the religious iconography in it. That was uh, controversial. Living on a prayer? Not living on a prayer. Um, uh, like a prayer. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was a prayer. A lot of praying going on in the 80s for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, like a prayer with all the religious iconography. <laughs> and she had dark hair, remember? Yeah. She had dark hair in that one, too. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, but Cherish, Cherish is one of my favorites just because I like the song and she's just rolling around the beach <laughs> in wet clothing. So I was like, okay. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, the next video that came to my mind, again, this was like instant. It's by Paul Simon with Chevy Chase in the video, You Can Call Me Al. <laughs> this video, I, you know, I rewatched it again. There are just particular scenes I did like, and I told when I rewatched it, I was like, God, man, this video is so much fun. And Chevy Chase was probably maybe at his peak at that time, like, what, late 80s, I guess? Mid-80s, yeah. Yeah, mid-80s yeah. with, with all of his movies. You know, um, what was that one with Dan Aykroyd? Like, Spies uh, like, like Us. Yeah, that's, that's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they they picked the right the right guy to do the video with him and basically the video it's Chevy Chase and Paul Simon come out and right when you think Paul Simon's gonna sing, Chevy Chase is just basically lip syncing it and Paul Simon just looks so down and he's just really quiet and he just sings the backup and, and they have all the instruments there. It's a very whimsical kind of video. Um but it was just so funny in how it was done. It's so clever. But I think yeah, clearly. I think that's what it, when you look at this video, it's very straightforward. There's nothing fancy about it, but how they filmed it was genius. And Chevy Chase, you know, I'm not too sure how much was spontaneous or how much he planned it, but uh, the, their chemistry is so good in this video, and it's a fun song also. You know, in, in regards to the background, so the only thing I, I, I got out of it was apparently his then wife mistakenly called him Al by mistake, and that's i guess the origin uh, origin of the song um but that's about it uh and and i think when they originally filmed this video he didn't like it and i think he went on snl and i think chevy chase came in to kind of like jazz it up a little bit and uh Mm -hmm. and i and i think it worked it's it's a a catchy song i don't think it gets a lot of airplay today anymore i don't really hear it that much but when i do i always imagine uh, two things when Chevy Chase is doing the na 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 that part, and then when Paul Simon goes into his bass solo, I always get a kick out of that. I remember as a kid, I remember recording that, just playing that stupid bass riff over and over again because it's so catchy. I like the I like when they stood up and started dancing together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Final. Chevy Chase looks like he's seven feet tall, and Paul Paul Simon's like five feet tall. Well, that's part of the genius of picking Chevy Chase because he's about six three, six five, or something like that, and Paul Simon is like five five. So, just in, that in general was hilarious because you picked the, probably picked the tallest guy he knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a fun video. It's I would say if I didn't know the video, would I like it just as much as a song? Hmm, it's a catchy tune, but I think the video adds a little bit more to it because again, when I hear this song, I I see the video in my head. And uh, maybe the simplicity of it or Chevy Chase adds to it. But there's something about the video that I think helps it. 
Speaking of Madonna and like a prayer, what? <laughs> um, Bon Jovi living on a prayer. Okay. <laughs> First of all, this song is one of my go-to karaoke's, and I can't hit the high notes, so don't even ask. That's but probably I still the best doing it. part. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really it's funny because Bon Jovi figured out real early that their strength in videos is in concert videos, because <laughs> <laughs> almost all their concert, almost all their videos are concert videos. But this is a song in a video that came out at pretty much the height of their popularity. Actually, they probably got more popular in New Jersey, but this really got them there. Yeah. And at the height of their big hair. And it's it's really just behind the scenes of um, at his concerts this year, this particular tour, he would um, he would strap himself into a rigging and he'd fly across the, the audience, which was new because a lot of people weren't doing gimmicks like that. Right. And, um, you know, I was at one of his shows I think I said this on another one of our shows, but starting in my very first concert was a Bon Jovi concert. And about 20 years later, I realized that I had gone to, not purposefully, but I had gone to, I've seen every tour of his from that first one I went to up until about 20 years later. Um, it was just this thing, like when Bon Jovi was in town, I, I, you know, me and my friends would go see him. And then I realized, I'm like, oh my God, I've been to like seven Bon Jovi shows in 20 years, which, you know, like hmm. that's how many tours he had. Um, and he was great, but yeah, the flying across the concert venue was awesome, all that stuff. And it's just a great, it's a great song. It's a great live song. And the, the guys look like they're having so much fun filming it. It's like they're practicing and everything. Um, during the during the video, the, some of the different members have the rig on. They're like flying around the stage at certain <laughs> points. Yeah, but the strength of this video is really just the song and. Um, the kind of behind the scenes antics because it you know you hear about bands you know not being friendly or whatever but it really shows that they're kind of you know they're, they're guys that get along and they just like to have fun and their hair is huge in this video all of their <laughs> hair is huge <laughs> hey doesn't the video start out with like a almost like a silhouette of them walking towards the camera i think with the, like the yeah, white lights behind them it's just all hair <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's all it's all um almost uh cowboys you know he's got this reputation of having some kind of affiliation with cowboys because i think he even named his son like uh like billy after billy the kid or something like that oh did he really i think he's got some weird thing like that yeah yeah he, and he he had a he was killed in young guns too also right yeah so yeah it's just a great great song this is a video that's definitely carried by its song but this was one <laughs> On total request, every day you would hear it. Every this was number one for a long time, right? On on MTV's you know top ten videos, yeah. Um, a long, long time. This was number one. Uh, that is a great song. I think that was the first song that my my high school band played. We did. Oh, that. was it? Yeah, yeah. I, I I played the keyboard part. Oh, I I do remember this because he used the I think it's called a talk box, and that's how Richie got that what what you know sound. With his guitar, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. Whoa, so there's whoa. a yeah, like a, th- breathe into it or something, right? Yeah, there's Walk a pipe it? that goes up your mic and into your mouth, and how you shape your mouth comes through the electric guitar. And I remember oh, back then, I was like, oh man, that's a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> for one song. <laughs> for that one song, but it was but it was cool. So how I replicated it was I just used like a wah wah pedal and just mm-hmm. kind of made that wah wah sound with that, but. I always wanted the talk box thing, but yeah, it's it's a it's a one trick pony kind of thing. Hmm. But that's that's a great song. 
And every look, and this is a song. Uh, if you play it the right time of night at a bar, everybody's gonna sing along to it. Oh, and it's terrible yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember too with my band because none of us can hit that note. I remember we had. We got like you know a couple of girls come over just just kind of sing with us to see if anyone could hit that high note, right? Oh, I mean they could hit it, but it was just <laughs> essentially just screaming. Is that was the only oh, yeah. way to do it? And it was That's just, the only oh, way to do it. Yeah, it's it's so it's incredible, Bon Jovi's range that he see when I when I do when I do it in karaoke I always drop it. Yeah, oh, I, I'll just... be like, uh, I, well, it's like. Uh, we're halfway there, and then I go whoa! I, I bring it down instead of go, trying to go whoa. Instead of trying to do that, I go whoa! Living. <laughs> so I would try to drop it. I would intentionally drop it. You know who's got serious range? Uh, what's his name? The, the singer from Def Leppard, Joe Elliott. Joe. Yeah, I remember I saw him in concert, and my friend asked me like, "Did he really hit those high notes?" I'm like, "Dude, did he hit those high notes?" It it was unreal his range, but uh, yeah, he thought they uh, they manipulated his voice. But well, the thing is, I I don't know if I'll ever go to another Bon Jovi concert because I went to one, I went to two in seventeen, I think twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen. Okay. And I, look, and I just said I've seen him a lot live, and back in the day when he was on, he was on, but he cannot hit those high notes anymore. So- he cannot. He he always does living on a prayer as an as a encore now, and most of the song he lets the audience sing. Uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Like he'll go, he'll sing into the mic. Oh, we're halfway there. And then he'll point the mic at the audience, and the whole you know the whole. I mean, the place loves it and goes crazy. Sure, but it's and you know Richie's not touring with him anymore, and you can I don't know how. I mean, you were a guitar player, so you, you I don't know if you'll agree with this, but you you definitely like. Guitarists have their own sound. Like you know when it's a Richie Sambora playing or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh sure, sure. Like you'll know if it's an Eddie Van Halen playing or if it's not. Yeah. You know. So you you can tell in the song that it's not Richie Sambora playing, and it's um it's different. And Did he, he quit the he band? What happened? Yeah, they had some kind of falling out in the middle of their last tour, and uh, I think they're friendly because they were they were together at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, cause they just got in last year, I think. And, um, they were together and they were friendly, but they're not touring anymore to like to, to get, I don't know, you know, cause Richie has some substance abuse issues. I don't know if he relapsed or anything, but mm. something was going on. Right. And, um, but yeah, it's just not the same. And he, he does, uh, what's that slow song? Always. And that song is all high notes, and he cannot sing that. And he, he did that as the last song in the night, the last I went to. And it was, I mean, granted, he had been singing for about two hours straight, too. But he, yeah, he can't hit the high notes anymore. It's sad. It's sad to see him like that. So, he, so he, for that song, he'll, he'll put the mic out into the crowd, too? No, you know what he does? He kind of he kind of mumbles the words because it's like. Words, 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 Well, he'll be like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the words are, and I will always. Wait, and uh, and I will love you always, baby. Oh, something like that, right? And he'll be like, eh, eh. <laughs> like, like he'll do it like that. And I'm sitting here with my friend, like he's not singing the words. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Shut up! I love this song." And I'm like, "All right," <laughs> but this isn't the song. <laughs> like, I'm surprised nothing. he doesn't pull the angle of you know some some will, they'll they'll get like background singers in the back. To kind of no. like harmonize with him, and you know, that's actually smart. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't do that. Uh, it's just him and the, and the boys in the band. I think I think it's only 
one or two members, original members left besides him. Yeah, I know the drummer left too, right? Did the drummer oh, just no, no, leave? No, no, the keyboard. The keyboard player left. Yeah, Alec John Such left real early. Like he got fired like years ago. You're fired. Like years and years ago, and then and then Tico Torres is a drummer. He's still there. Alec John Such, Ricky Sambora, John Bon Jovi, and I found there's another guy I'm missing, but. I think I think it's just Tico and him now, just the drummer and him. No kidding. Yeah. Well, good for them. Did you ever see him live? Never. Huh. Would you have wanted to back in the day? You never invited me, butthole. Uh, what? No, yeah, I, I think I, I would have seen Bon Jovi. I just, uh, no. <laughs> no. I think I've been to, what groups have I seen? ACDC, The Who, and Paul Abdul. I went, oh, I did Paula with you. You and uh, yeah. John Condon and Gina and, was it Amy? I think. Yeah. That was a fun concert. Oh, that's when we saw Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was a a good show. We colored me bad. That's right. And Paula comes out. She goes, hey, New York. We're like, what the F? You're in New Jersey. New Jersey. Ooh, we hate you. That's right. You said the wrong state. Oh, and speaking Uh, of the flying thing, she did that in her song also. Remember she had the the little... um, Oh, there's a song, and they did the whole thing that Bon Jovi did, where they kind of lifted them up with the ropes, and they flew around the stage and stuff. I remember she danced with MC Scat Cat. Yeah. From the opposite of the track leader, like they had a monitor that she danced with. Yeah. But it, it was the, the animated cat was on it. Right. Yeah, that was a weird. Well, anyway, we're, <laughs> we're getting off track. Okay. All right. So there you go. Living on prayer. All right. So speaking of Bon Jovi. Wanted Dead or Alive. This is like a nice contrast to uh, Living on a Prayer because, like you said earlier, it was kind of like their happy moments in the video. Mm -hmm. This one's different. And and this one, this video, man, was so good because when I was looking this up, and apparently this song was inspired by Bob Seger's song called Turn the Page, and it really shows what it's like to be a musician on the road. They just look exhausted. And... And I, I love that aspect of that video. I mean, they could have taken this so many different ways. Like I said, he likes the cowboy thing. He could have done it in that fashion because I think he did. Um, I think he did like an MTV or I don't know what it was, but it was a live concert and it was just him and Richie doing like an acoustic version. And you know, John was dressed up like an American Indian, and 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 Richie had his like cowboy hat. It had that kind of a uh, symbolism to it. But the video was just so different. It had it was filmed, I think, predominantly in black and white, and it just shows them. I'm not gonna say defeated, just exhausted, touring, being on tour buses, on the road, doing their thing, and and you know, I, I would probably even say back then, like selling out concerts and traveling was was the way to do it. You know, uh, today it's you know the music industry is very different than it's today. My, you know, my cousins in the music industry and it's 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 tough to be a musician today uh to tour around and try and get your music out there and you know back then bon jovi and you know other huge artists they were filling stadiums everywhere they went and that was a life of being on the road and being away from your family just being totally exhausted and when you watch that movie uh, i'm sorry the the video it really resonates that of how tired they was that that life on the road feeling of and it's there are like several shots of all the band members just being totally exhausted, and it looks like legit video, you know, like someone was just videotaping them outside the stage and outside 
like the the glam of, of the videos of, of being on TV and stuff and uh, I thought it was done really really well it, this again it's a video that I, I do think about a lot and I just I can always see in my head just I think it's Bon Jovi on the tour bus just looking outside the tour bus window just staring out into space and uh, that video just really resonates with me but yeah it's, it's such a great group man he was Bon Jovi was just huge so yeah. huge at the time yeah, I mean, it, it looks exhausting, all those parties and groupies and money. Oh, how did they do it? So hard how life. How did they do it? Hard life. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you're talking about, I'm watching the video as you talk, and you're talking about how he's staring out the window of his bus. Alan, he's staring out the window of his private jet. So let's let's dial back <laughs> on the uh, on the tough life he was living. <laughs> right. No, no, just, it's, no, but I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm being facetious. But no, I get what you're saying. And the video, it, it, it's definitely, it's just, you know, you got to remember, not everybody had a, a, a camera, you know, camera phones didn't exist back then. So, you know, these behind the scene moments were really hard to get. Someone had to be following you around with like a big camera, <laughs> you yeah. know. And a lot of these scenes are that, you know, getting onto the bus, just sitting in the back room exhausted, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's a great song. And that's what the song's about. It's, it's like, this is, this is hard. I know it's glamorous, but it's work. It's hard work. And we get tired and exhausted and frustrated and, but this is what I do. Man. I ride a steel horse. It's a good line. <laughs> and, and, you know, I like it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it doesn't matter. That's the whole one and dead our lives. Like you have to get out there on stage, no matter how you feel, no matter what mood you're in, you know, because they want you. They don't care if you're dead. They don't care if you're alive. They want you got to be out there, there you go. for the fans. That's yeah. what the whole. Plus, he's a big cowboy fan for some reason. <laughs> it's great. I'm telling you, you got when you look at Slippery When Wet and New Jersey. Those are two of the biggest albums of the '80s. I I love the Jersey album so much. It's such a good yeah, album. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, like um, but yeah, God, every but song in that album is good. Wanted are from Slippery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with uh, Bad Men, not Bad Medicine. You give love a bad name. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I like more songs on Jersey than I do want them to do online. More songs. Yeah, I'm I, saying I, yeah. No, um, New Jersey. I think is a better album, but I think. The triumphant of you give love a bad name, live on a prayer, and one dead or alive. I think those hits are bigger than any on New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, and so I just New like Jersey the fact he named the album New Jersey. I was like, what? That was pretty cool. That like, was Bruce cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did name his first album after Asbury Park. Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good choice. All right. Um. Mine is a band that I never really, really, really liked. I don't hate them. Um, I just, when I was younger, I associated them with, like, uh, the metalheads at school or whatever. Yeah. And these were, this was a band that was totally underground, that they get, they became popular through real no, really no airplay on radio stations or um, videos, because they didn't make videos until this video. And it's Metallica. Metallica was huge before they ever got any real airplay or made a music video. They were one of the last people, less huge bands to make a music video. So I think it was 1988 or 89. And they made, uh, they finally broke down and they made a video for a song called one, which I believe is on, it was on injustice for all, which was a huge album. And, um, one as a sub, first of all, I think the pressure to put out a good song and video was on them because it was their first one. And they were behind everyone else. I mean, at this point, MTV had been out six or seven years and it has been proven to be a, a, a good thing for musicians. 
So the fact that they pro finally acquiesced and made a video was huge. Um, what makes it successful is not only is it a fantastic song one, but the video is really good because the song, the song is basically uh, a musical interpretation of the book and movie Johnny Got His Gun by Dalton Trumbo, which is about a World War One soldier who was uh, caught in an explosion, and to save his life, they have to amputate his legs, arms, um, tongue, and he loses his eyes and his ears too. So he's kind of trapped in, you know, his brain's healthy, but he's trapped in his his body without being the ability to communicate. And so they wrote the song kind of based on this book and movie. And the, the video is really just them kind of in a big room. It, it goes back and forth between them playing the music, singing the song, and then cut in with scenes from the movie. Um, and it's really, really good. I mean, you made me want to go, you know, I went out and read Johnny Got His Gun. It wasn't part of my high school's uh, reading list, so I just went out and read it myself. And it's a, it's a, moving, it's a moving book, especially at that age. Um, because the horrors of war really come home because he, uh, the, the soldier in the book eventually figures out he can, by moving his head, he can do Morse code and then the hospital people figure out and he starts communicating with people that way. And he says, at first he wants to die, you know, cause he doesn't want to live like that. But then he's like, you know what, tour me around, the, you know, the country and I'll speak, you know, how he speaks about war. Um, but the government's not going to do that for him because you know why would they do that for him if he's going to speak out against war yeah so, so it's really uh the book is really um it, you know especially at the age 15 16 years old really makes you think um you know up to that point in media war was just you know john wayne and people like that and you know the usa wins and and wars you know glory and fame and appreciate it but you know they showed a different side of it and um metallica's the reason i read that book and this video and it's a great song i mean the the, the music in this song is fantastic the instrumentation the drumming the guitar just fantastic i i totally agree with you man one is such a great music video it's it's one of those videos that as as great as that song is the video matched it uh beat mm -hmm. by beat you know both videos uh, both the video and the music, freaking phenomenal. I remember when when one came out. I mean, it got a lot of airplay, but you know, I I have this. I like Metallica. I don't like Metallica because to me, like when I first heard, I would think, geez, I think my first record was Ride the Lightning too. And uh, you know, when Metallica first came out, to me, they were like they were like the true heavy metal band. And right. I was a big ACDC fan, and I even thought Metallica was even heavier than them. Because I remember as a kid, you used to like rate how heavy a rock band was, like Slayer, Merciful Fate, Metallica, you know, the ACDC. And ACDC was never like that, which I was, I was happy with, you know? And I thought Metallica was just, they were really super hard, super edgy at the time. And when they did one, boy, that, that album, maybe that song, maybe the album, maybe the video, it got mass appeal, and I remember thinking like, "Whoa!" Because Metallica at one point was almost like, like an underground kind of band, right? Uh, and this video and Enter the Sandman, I think too, that one was like, it was recognized worldwide. Song and even the video too. It's Enter the Sandman. That's another great video, but one is fantastic, and I think it it took them to a different level of acceptance as well with the, with this particular song because it did go international. And uh, and a lot of people knew about it too, and MTV helped that. 
you know, without that level of exposure, I don't, this is one song I don't know if it would be as big without the video, I think. Because again, Metallica wasn't like an underground kind of band. Right. And they were known to be, like, I remember as a kid, if you said you like Metallica, like, ooh, what's wrong with you? You know, kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, Metallica was, Metallica had the mystery about them that everything that our parents or the TV told us was wrong with heavy metal music, you believe Metallica was that. You believe they worship Satan. You believe they drank blood. You believe, you know, you believe they're all druggies. And, and that's well, all true. I mean, at least I, I well. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, they come off as nice guys when they do it. Um, right. So, you no, you believe all that. And, you know, that's why they were underground. That's why you're right. When If you heard a kid in your school or listen to Metallica, you're like, what, you know, what's wrong with you or whatever. And they were underground. They were they were one of those bands that someone would buy one tape and make copy for their friend. And then they make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Um and no, like they would not get any radio airplay, you know, maybe on college radio, but even they were that, very, they radio, were considered very hard at the time, very underground, very, oh my God, they were, it's funny. Cause I, I remember I got into this, uh, I almost got into a fist fight with a kid at school. Cause he was like one of these headbangers, like straight up headbangers. Yeah. And I thought, I'm like, oh, I like heavy metal too. Cause yeah, what do you listen to? And I'm saying, Bon Jovi, girl, I mean, all the, and he's laughing at me and I was like, mad. And I'm, I'm, you know, I look back now he's right. But that's what I thought heavy metal was. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I had no idea. He's talking like he's talking not just Ozzy, but what what what's his band? Oh, um, Iron Black Maiden and, and what, what Black is Sabbath. It? Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Metallica. He's talking these groups, and in the eighties, which like now you listen, even ACDC, I think was a lot harder than Motley Crue and all them. But you listen to those bands I just named now that were considered like really heavy metal, and it, it's really kind of pop music in, in their own way. Yeah, so it's just it's funny to think about that. That's what was considered heavy because, I mean, now death metal and all that stuff is obviously heavy metal. But yeah, so even and it's not just Metallica. It was uh, Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and I mean Iron Maiden used to have like well they had like twenty minute songs so they have like twenty minute videos <laughs> that's right. and like Eddie Eddie was like a thing you know Eddie, like ooh Eddie I'm like all right yeah. you know for kid can't school with Eddie on the shirt you're like what are you crazy they get thrown out of school for that oh yeah Metallica you had a Metallica shirt I was like whoa in my school they were called the burnouts and yeah. so that was like must must attire if you're going to be in their in their group with the leather jackets and they, and it's funny it was that was when um. You know, before the 80s, if you had long hair, you were a hippie. But then the change came in the 80s. If you had long hair, you you were into heavy metal. Yeah. It wasn't hippie music anymore. It was heavy metal stuff. So, yeah, it was it was good stuff. But this, but one, you're right. One would have never. Metallica definitely benefited from MTV. They definitely benefited from it because they never would have gotten as big as they became if they didn't start making music videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a great pick. I like that pick. Uh, the next one is that, that I got here. The video is a fun video, and I think it's it was almost in a time period where there was a transition from I want to call it a transition, maybe the introduction or 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 rap going a little more mainstream. But there is a song called "Walk This Way," which is popularized by Aerosmith, and Run DMC comes out. And they mix the two songs together, which is like two things you don't think would work at the time. Uh, but when did this song come out, Run Team? Oh, 86. There you go. So just just barely still in the 80s. And it's a fun video because you have the, the screen. And you have on one side 
of the screen is Aerosmith and the other side it almost looks like they're like in two recording studios is Run DMC and there's like this wall in between and it almost seems like they're both like playing their own music and then all of a sudden you hear like the Run DMC guy singing and, and you see is it Steve Perry is that his name? Uh, uh, Steve Perry's the guitarist okay who's the lead singer? you're talking about um... Joe no no Joe Perry's the guitarist Joe Perry's the guitarist Steve Tyler Tyler Steven Tyler yeah he's like banging on the walls like hey almost like shut up you know and then all of a sudden uh they they kind of break through that wall together oh let's see the symbolism they break break through that wall together and they finally mesh together on the stage and it's such an interesting look you have the run dmc palette you have the aerosmith palette who at the time were rock and roll but they were like boy their look was really really unique also they weren't the they had they were the hair band but Still different at the same time. And well, they had changed from they, they they were a rock band in the '70s, and they they were quiet for a while. And I think this brought them back, and they kind of came back as almost like a hair band. Kind, yeah, kind of. I think the album was Pump, and and that was an, an album that really it was interesting. You're right because they did they did go away and they came back. It was a great comeback album. Let's put it that way. To mm-hmm. go from really nothing and then coming back into the mainstream. And to mix it with with Run DMC, it was just amazing. And the video basically ends with just that. You got these two very different bands, different genres of music, and they mixed it, and it mixes well. I, I mean, to this day, I like the Run DMC version better than the original version. When I hear the yeah. original version, it almost seems like I'm waiting for Run DMC to kick in, to, to sing along, and I, <laughs> I I can't undo that anymore. And, and I, I just prefer this version better, which a long time... And I, I was familiar with this song even before because I, I played Aerosmith's music. And I was like, oh, what's going on? I was like, oh my God, they actually did it better. And uh, and again, this is one of those really cool things where the music, two bands, you know, working together. And, and, and how they did the video was, was perfect. Two bands, two separate rooms. They're busting through and they're together on stage. And that is essentially what that music was. Yeah, I, I had never known Aerosmith until that video. I didn't know it was a remake or anything like that until you know later. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew the song "Sweet Emotion," but I didn't know Aerosmith sang it. Um, so it was really a kind of uh, it was really great. It was it was the melding of like rap and rock, like you said. Funny thing is, um, I've seen interviews or I've heard interviews with Daryl McDaniels, you know, who was uh, the DMC of Run DMC, okay. and. He was saying, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with soul music or, or obviously rap music. I grew up. He goes, I grew up with rock and roll, and he goes, that's why, if, you know, that's why we were the king of rock when, you know, when they rapped. And he goes, if you listen to our music, it very, you know, there our rap music has more rock and roll influence than anything, hmm. and so it kind of makes sense that they did this with, with Aerosmith, and I think that became probably their biggest hit and biggest mainstream hit because that video was all over the place right. back in the day and it's the first time i saw an adidas without shoelaces on i think <laughs> <laughs> and they're dancing you know and they're all in their adidas jumpsuits and the kango hats yeah 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 right the, the looks are just so different but it, it yeah. works well and and i like that thing they, they all they all i think they even like hug each other at the end they all, all kind of come together and i think yeah. it's hilarious that the run DMC, they start dancing the, yeah, together, they start trying they? to dance like like uh, each other, yeah. each other, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that video. Again, it's 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 a cool video on how they did it, and 
it's fun. That's a fun video to watch again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a good song too, the way they redid it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, my final one is, um, it's pretty simplistic in in what it is. It's really just a bunch of concert shots, but it's Bruce Springsteen Born to Run. Uh, what what makes this video so awesome is a it came out about ten years after the song debuted. Uh, the Born to Run album was released in '75, I believe, and this video came out in '86. Uh, and it's basically it, it served two purposes. This video it was a to you know because look basically videos are what they're just commercials for the albums, right? Yeah. So this was the Born to Run video was basically a commercial for the live album he had put out, the Bruce Springsteen East Street Band Live, nineteen seventy five to nineteen eighty five, and they the, that was the first goal, and the second purpose was it was a thank you to the fans. He had just I think he had just wrapped up his Born to Run not Born to Run Born to USA tour, and he wanted to thank the fans. And if you watch this video, it's just clips of them from all their different shows during this tour, of him and the band just having a great time. Just having fun on stage, fun with the audience, just having a blast. And the crowd shots are incredible. This was the height of Bruce Springsteen's fame. He's selling out. He sold out Giant Stadium. Was was an eighty thousand seat arena, right? Yeah. But that's not even including the the field seats. So imagine the stage. He fills up the field. He fills up the stadium. And he was doing this across the country, around the world, filling up these huge stadiums with people, uh, singing along to his music. But this was the height of his popularity. Born USA was the absolute height. He never got bigger after that. Um, I mean, he still does great. I mean, he's not a pauper at all. But <laughs> and he, you know, I saw him in Hershey a few years ago, and he sold out that. That's a big football stadium. Um, I saw him at Giant Stadium. He sold that place out, uh, the new one. Um, so he's still. I mean, crowds aren't as big, but he's still doing very well. But the purpose, the reason I love this video is because it just shows, you know, you, you talk about One Dead Alive, how exhausting, you know, how that shows how exhausting touring is. This is the other side of that coin. This is, look how much fun I get to have and look how much joy I can bring to people with my music and with my shows. And, and, and you know, this is me appreciating what I have and, and, and the fans I have. And... It's just a great video because hey, the song's great. It's a live version of "Born to Run," which is one of his best songs. And it it just you see as you watch the video that the band's just having a great time in all these different venues, and the fans are loving them. And it ends with him saying, "Thank you to all our fans," and you know, like written over a, a still. Thank you to all our fans. You know, love Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band. Hmm. You know, so it, it served its purpose. It, it advertised the live album, which is fantastic. It's a three disc album. Um, and you know, it's just thank you for for the the tour they just had a tour of a lifetime. Who do you think is today? Who do you think is the biggest draw for a concert that could that could fill stadiums? Like, well, the funny thing is, all the biggest drawers in the past few years, like the biggest concerts, comedians have been like older, <laughs> um, like the money makers have been older acts. Hmm. Like, I know the Rolling Stones are always up there. I know when Bruce is up there, he makes, uh, his tour makes a lot of money. Um, I'm sure Taylor Swift is, is big, right? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I know who she is. 
right, so I just pulled up a list. Um, highest grossing concert tours of 2018. You have Ed Sheeran, 99 shows, $429 million. Taylor Swift, 48 shows, $315 million. Beyonce and Jay-Z, 48 shows, $253 million. Bruno Mars, $237 million for 100 shows. Pink, 180 for 88 shows. Pink? Justin Last Tim- year? Pink. Yeah, 2018. Justin Timberlake, $149 million for 76 shows. U2, $119 for 55 shows. Rolling Stones, $117 for 14 shows. Kenny Chesney, $114 for 42 shows. Journey and Def Leppard with $97 million for 60 shows. So you have Journey, Def Leppard, Rolling Stones, and U2. Um, so three of the top ten tours were people from the 80s, more or less. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know Ed Sheeran was doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, that's, that's, that's enlightening. Yeah, Pink. and I know, I, know, I know when Bruce toured last, he Dude, was on the top ten. Pink? What? Pink? Pink. Pink. Kids love the pink. I didn't know she was making new music. Uh, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, she's not making music for us, so don't take it personally. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I just. I, I mean, let's. I don't. I Taylor Swift. I like the, the everyone that you mentioned. I've I've heard them, and you know, but mm-hmm. Pink. I that okay. I mean, no offense to Pink. I didn't know she was, you know, doing anything. Well, good for her. Yeah. So, um, my. I mean, and this is a discussion I've been wanting to have with someone. And I don't know if you and I, you know, we might need an expert for this conversation. But, like, who are the rock musicians nowadays? That's what I want to know. You mean pure rock? Like, who's rock and roll nowadays? What new guys are rock and roll? Country music. No, it's country. It's not rock and roll. <laughs> well, you know, but, but country, to me, like, how I think country music, and I, I know I'm very wrong about this, but this is how it is in my head. It seems like they are, it's a genre of music where I can see the the writer of the songs the people playing the instruments you know like they they've got right. that going today where again this is in my head where i think a lot of musicians today are created in studios you know in a music studio with backtracks and all that stuff and and your your i guess the rest of your bandmates could just be anybody you know playing right. this and that instrument where country music like i can see the artist i can see like if I'm watching country music, I'm seeing the writer, the person performing, you know, the, the whole shebang, and like guys actually picking up a guitar. That's probably the last breed of real band musicians to me. You know, I, there there are a lot out there. I mean, what do I know? I'm still stuck in the '80s, so yeah. I just look at it as like, who's rock? Who would you consider rock? Who's rock? That's now? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. who's rock nowadays? I would say. And I don't know how big they are, but like, um, the Killers, I think, are a rock band. Uh, Foo Fighters are definitely a rock band. But I mean, Foo Fighters came out almost twenty-five years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, Coldplay, maybe. I don't even know if Coldplay can be considered rock. Uh, the Stone Temple Pilots is definitely a rock band, but I mean, they're still around. But even they're old too now. Yeah. So I, yeah, like this is why I'm having the problem trying to figure out who would be considered rock nowadays. There's a band out of um, England. They, they were quasi popular called the Struts, and they're pretty good. They got a Queen vibe to them, though. Um, but yeah, I can't. You know, I'm thinking along lines of, of obviously Bruce, The Who, um, U2, 
uh, um, Led Zeppelin. Like, who do you consider Rolling Stones? Who's rock nowadays? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's more of the individual kind of thing, but but what, maybe rock is just not a thing anymore. Yeah, maybe rock. Yeah, but it's interesting. You know, my my fourteen year old loves the like my music. You know, um, which probably because I make her listen to it, so <laughs> it's brainwashed <laughs> yeah. into her. Uh, yeah, no, that's 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 cool, man. Okay, my my last pick, and this is probably like the music video. Uh, pff, who knows? of all time or maybe the game changer of music videos like like I said in the beginning of the show where a music video was just a music video and Michael Jackson's thriller took it to another level uh, Michael Jackson's thriller was like an event kind of thing and it wasn't just a music video this was like a mini movie and it's 14 freaking minutes long I mean it's it's a long video I mean this is not your tip I mean they had the condensed version of it of course but it starts off with Michael Jackson and you know some lady that he's with and it has that feel of like uh, American Woolworth in London where Michael turns into this monster and stuff and and the video is just really cool he even like I think this video even like started off like a look too with a red leather outfit which is kind of like well, almost any music video Michael did had like an iconic look to it, but Thriller was definitely one of them with that red leather outfit. And there was even like the Thriller dance. Like if if you were to tell anyone to do like like a scary dance, whatever they do, the Thriller dance it was kind of associated with that. <laughs> but uh, Michael Jackson was just huge oh, and interesting. Like he was saying that that like the Thrill album, which was a great album, but the numbers were it was starting to decline a little bit. And this is when he wanted to take that route of, of making this like a bigger production kind of video. And and it paid off. You know, it's it's considered like one of the most recognized videos of all time. There's even a video of... Uh, the making of the video. <laughs> they have that, but there is, this, there is this thing I saw, this is several years ago, where, where it was a bunch of like, I think it's, I want to say it's in the Philippines. Where they have a bunch of the, the, the inmates recreating this video. Oh, yeah, it is a filthy right? right? And yeah. they were, like, wearing orange jumpsuits. And, like, they match it, like, scene by scene. It's hilarious. I mean, done really well, too. But uh, the, the video is, is fantastic. And I, they even have, like, little voice. Was it Vincent Price? Where he does yeah. that, that little um, talking part of it. But it's it's such a cool video. Uh, even, like, when he, when he morphs into uh, the wolf thing. I remember as a kid, like, dude, that's pretty scary. And it reminds me of a TV show called TV show called Manimal, where the guy would slowly morph into like this Manimal. monster and stuff. Do you remember that TV show? <laughs> I do remember. Manimal. Yeah, and he kind of morphs into that wolf like the same exact way. And I just remember being like, "Dude, that's pretty scary." <laughs> it was pretty scary at the time. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a catchy song. It's a, it's a fun video. It, like during its time period, it's it 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 made you have to watch MTV to catch this. Because that was the only way you were ever able to see this kind of thing because of the long format of a video. You know, you couldn't really see it anywhere else. But I just remember it, it got tons of playing time. And uh, it, it was just absolutely huge for it. So if, if you haven't seen this video, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. But it has a really cool vibe to it also. But yeah, even, even, even the dance. Like, how would you not know the dance unless you, you have to watch the video to get to get it? You know, and everyone knows the th- everyone knows a thriller dance. My my daughter knows a thriller dance, which is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, thriller was huge. It was I think it was MTV's first like long form video. Yeah, and then and it's kind of what Michael became known for. God, I remember, I remember 
when Smooth Criminal came out, they played it like every half hour or every hour on the hour and, and running home from school so I could watch the Smooth Criminal video. That's a great um, video, by the way. That's a great picked, video. Yeah, I almost picked that one over Thriller, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Remember the Time, which wasn't as great, but, you know, that's a big... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, bad was it bad? Yeah, bad was a huge one too. Oh, that was and you, yeah. it, like, who did Thriller? It's um, he was a famous director, right? Oh, was maybe. it John Landis? Because uh, Scorsese, I think, did bad, or someone, someone big did the bad video. Hmm. But he was getting like like big names to direct his video. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's a full on production, like a little mini movie, and I think this even sold like thousands of like VHS tapes at the time, also, which you you would never see that before, you know, buying a music video. Yeah, John Landis directed Thriller. Yep, Scorsese. Can you believe that Martin Scorsese did bad? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, and. It, yeah, you can't you can't talk about great videos or MTV without talking about Thriller. You just can't. Yeah, Michael Jackson, the guy. Yeah, I, I I think they made each other. I think I think Michael Jackson helped make MTV and vice versa. Yeah, I I, I remember cool. as a kid that that song, uh, Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. Like you just want to step on the ground and you wanted it to light up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was always a cool thing to do. All right, anything else? Uh, no, just you know, MTV, and it's a shame what MTV has become. That kids the nowadays can't grow up with the MTV we grew up with. Yeah, when was it? They when, took the M out of MTV. It yeah, doesn't mean music television anymore. D- they don't even do music anymore, I guess. Nope, they just have, it's like a regular channel now. I mean, they're they're aimed at young kids, like well, teenagers or whatever. But yeah, their shows and stuff, it's just regular TV shows now. That's that's nuts. That, yep. Yeah, that's too bad. That's, I mean, is VH1 still around? I, that probably has more music. Uh, I think VH1, yeah. Well, it's, it's all classic. Well, yeah, VH1 is like... It was funny. When VH1 came out, I was like for our parents. But now it's like, oh, I love VH1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I remember that. As a kid, you're like, eh, I don't watch VH1. Yeah. But you did anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, hey, the man, that was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, it, it was a good time. It was it was fun rewatching a lot of these videos also, and they're just as good today as it was when I first saw them. And there's tons yeah, of them also. I'm gonna be watching Smooth Criminal as soon as we're done here. Yeah, that's that's a great <laughs> one. When he does that little lean move, you're like, what the f? Oh, that's awesome. He yeah. invented the shoe for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael's look. Talk about like the Smooth Criminal look. He likes hats. That's what it is. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, I love my hats. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, Jonathan, you can find us on Facebook, Nerdy Me Podcast, Instagram, Nerdy Me, Twitter, YouTube, Nerdy Me Podcast. I put an unboxing up. Check that out, right? Uh, what? We did that. <laughs> so check us out there. Uh, write and review on us. That helps us out a lot. You know what would really help us, too? If I you like really it. like yeah. us and you like the show, spread the word. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Say, hey, y'all like podcasts? You like nerd stuff? Well, have I got a show for you. <laughs> you, can, you can say that. I'll let you say that, people. Okay, uh, yeah, and if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, catch me and my buddy Jay doing a Game of Thrones podcast. We're doing reviews of each episode of Season 7. It's following, uh, leading up to the premiere of Season 8, which is the final season. And we'll be doing recaps and reviews of each of those episodes as they come out. It's called Gab, G-A-B, Gab of Thrones. 
and you can find it where you find Nerd to Me. There you go. Oh, wait, and on my unboxing, I'm doing Indiana Jones, prepping for Temple of Doom. Right now on Dr. Indiana Jones' Instagram, I am at, what am I at? The truck scene, if you know what that That's is. That's coming out this week, right? That's coming out tomorrow. Ooh, I can't wait to see how you do it. <laughs> All right, till next time. Martha! Peace. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.